0: This is Clayton Howe's Entertainment X. For part two with Morgan James, we jump deep into her songwriting technique and her ways of being and general practices in life. I love this part two, and I hope you do too. So keep on keeping on. Switching gears slightly for a moment, what was the first song you wrote?
1: Well, I wrote some crappy ones when I was first trying to write. Um I I think that the first song Doug and I wrote together was is called Drown. It's on my album Hunter. I would dabble here and there. Um I can't even remember some of those. Oh, I you know, I think you can edit this boring part later. <laughs> um I think that um I used to go with my friend, Mark, we used to, he, he actually is the first person I really started writing with and he was amazing. And he really, really encouraged me that it doesn't have to be perfect or precious, just, just to get something out, get something on the paper on the, you know, and he, we would write with guitar. He was a guitar player and he always encouraged me just like to sing gibberish. He'll play some chords, sing some gibberish. Mm -hmm. I, I had this image in my mind that like Joni Mitchell just sat down at a guitar and a perfect poem came out because I was so new to writing. (laughs) But I, I, he encouraged me to just, just sing some gibberish and let your voice kind of figure out where it wants to go. And to this day, that's something that I kind of do when I write. But the first song that I wrote that got on an album is, um, are the songs that I wrote on Hunter. Yeah. So drown, say the words, you never lied several of those songs were the first some of the first really fully formed songs that made it onto an album.
0: This may be difficult to answer or not. I don't know. How have you gotten better at uh, songwriting and music in general, whatever that question means to you?
1: Well, I hope I get better every single song and every single day. That's my definitely my goal. that's my my goals. I have you know small daily goals and I have goals for things I want to do but the biggest goal I have is just like become a better better at being a person and become a better singer and better writer and you can only do that by doing it Mm -hmm. you know I take lessons every single week and I practice every single day and I try to write as much as I can with as many people as I can my manager really encouraged me for two albums ago to go to nashville and take a bunch of writing sessions and go to la and take a bunch of writing Mm -hmm. sessions with people that weren't my husband yeah and i i get in a comfort zone i love writing with doug but writing with other people was such an eye-opener because it made me realize you know you do know what what you want and you do know how to write Mm -hmm. and that was not that I don't have anything to learn, I have a lot to learn, but everybody's so different. Sometimes you're the leader, sometimes you're following, sometimes you're going with someone, what someone else wants. And uh, writing is so crazy mercurial, mysterious, and every time I go to write a song I think it's not gonna be possible, it just seems so hard. Uh. And, then, and then every time you write a song that didn't exist before and it's so amazing. It's just like painting, a, like there was a blank canvas there before and now there's a painting. Yeah. It's pretty cool. I love writing songs, but I'm really only in the mood to do it once a year. (laughs) You know, I, I, yeah, I don't write all the time. I work on my craft. Maybe I'll write poems all the time. Maybe I'll craft and I definitely practice all the time. But when I sit down to write, I've got it all stored up and I'll write 30 songs and then I'll take a break.
0: Are these, when you mean stored up, literally in the brain or on recordings, you have like little voice memos that you've collected one no
1: like in my i'll just like do a journal of lyrics and then they'll all just come tumbling out in in the in in about a couple months time we'll just write a new album and then and then i get burned out from making a new album and i take a break and it's just like the cycle continues you know
0: do you have any favorite aha moments from creating a song halfway through stuck and realizing something or taking a walk and having it just kind of come to you does anything anything come to mind
1: Um, You know, it's really nice when you start a song and you get stuck, maybe. And then maybe you leave it for a few days. And then you try it again, right? So something gets stuck. Sometimes songs get stuck for months or years. And sometimes you return to them and you have the answer. And that is so cool. Um, Where all of a sudden you answer the puzzle because of the life you've lived in between. And you can finish a song. Finishing a song that is an orphan is really, really... Satisfying. We had a song on my last album. It's called All I Ever Gave You. And I really wanted it to be a certain thing. And I couldn't solve the puzzle. And then Doug and I just came back to it after leaving it alone for a long, long time. And, and you know, solved it. Every single song is like a, a little puzzle, you know? Mm-hmm.
0: How, do you, how do you know when to put something down and to revisit it? Is there a, a point, a wall or...
1: Yeah there's usually like if it, if it becomes too hard it shouldn't be that hard Yeah, I'm not really one You know Doug and I are now like A, a well oiled machine with how we Communicate with each other and so If we've been working on something for longer than four hours We just we put it away and start something new yeah, that, it, You know it's
0: funny because I was I was writing like a little short Children's book thing the other night and it took me Until 2 a.m. and I wasn't getting it woke up the next Morning came right to me literally woke up yeah. Wrote it down it was done because it's easy, yeah. you know, when you're in the and flow. S- and
1: so you have to, yeah, it shouldn't be that hard. Yeah.
0: And you, it shouldn't you find yourself in a flow state when you're singing and writing. It's like you're just in the lane. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. I mean, singing, obviously, I've put in my 10,000 hours probably twice over, you know, for singing. Right. So, you know, it's uh, singing, obviously, I don't have to, I, I work at it like an athlete works at it. But I don't have to solve anything. Sure. But writing, writing is a constant, it's a constant changing, you know, path. Yeah. So um, it's not something I, I can do all the time. I, I work on an album and then I take a break, you know? And, yeah. and it's, a lot of people have asked me, during this pandemic, you know, have you done a lot of writing? I'm like, no. It's very hard for me to write in a state of stress or trauma, you know? I don't wanna, I can write about it later probably, mm-hmm. but right now I haven't felt um, able to write. Yeah. But but some people are, you know, some people have really found solace in writing during this time.
0: How are you? How are you decreasing? You know, what changes? I guess as of late, have you made to your life that have decreased negativity and increased positivity?
1: Well, it's been incredibly positive. The fact that, you know, Doug and I are quarantined together, so we've been doing online shows every single week, sometimes two a week, um, and fans are there. They want. They're they're still. They still want music which i i'm so uh, encouraged by and you know we we did a hundred straight videos in a row a hundred different songs that was our main kind of project we didn't really intend to make it a project but it became a project right. and uh you know so i get to still make music and practice and work on my craft and s- develop my fan base so i'm very very lucky And that's been a huge positive because my touring is on pause, but music is not on pause. Like connection is not on pause. We still need music. We still need connection. We still need art desperately. I mean, nobody could get through a lockdown without music and art and, and theater and film. And, you know, these things really get people through. That's what's entertaining people. So I hope that everybody remembers that how important it is
0: in, in life what's most important to you like just in sure? general yeah or to, or uh. to now you know to this present moment everything that you've accomplished and want to accomplish and you know what's what's standing out
1: well you know i my life is really really built around being able to create things And I think what I'm realizing in this time is you really start to think about what is essential, right? That word essential keeps getting thrown around. Yes, it does. And not thrown around, but you think about the word, the things that were deemed essential and non-essential, right? Everything's been put in these columns. Mm -hmm. And so you think in your own life, what is essential to me? Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) You know, all these things I used to spend money on that I definitely thought were essential that I can clearly live without, (laughs) you know, I can... I, right. I like them, their luxuries, doing my, getting my hair done and getting my hair cut and getting a manicure and buying things and sure. doing, spending money on what I thought was, was very important to my image. And I'm discovering, oh, and, and I can't tour without this and I can't tour without that and I have to have the this, mm-hmm. the band, and, the, uh, the, and, and what I'm realizing is um, at the end of the day, it, it's just like if a song is great, you can sing it with just a voice and a guitar and if what you have to do and say with your voice is good, you can do it without any of that. And it's really good reminder to go back to um, the basics and to go back to what's important, the simple things in life that are important. Not that the luxuries are not great to have as well, but my life, whether it's a full band and an, or an orchestra and a glamorous gown, my life is, or, or if it's sitting in my office, you know, with my husband just playing with a guitar, my life is really built around being able to create music and i think that i will really continue to take that with me that i'm fortunate that the pandemic didn't take away my ability to make music
0: Mm. is music your meditation or do you meditate in the more traditional sense
1: i don't meditate i'm terrible i have no mindfulness practice I, I'm horrible. I, I would be a lot happier if I had a mindfulness practice. Well music can be. And I and <laughs> No, music's my job, you know, music's my craft and my job. I don't yeah. you know, and so I, I don't it's 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 an outlet for me but I think there's definitely a difference between meditating and mindfulness and and doing your job.
0: Sure. Is there a way you keep yourself centered or if you fall off track, you know, a way to get back on track?
1: I mean, my dogs. Sure. I go to therapy. Sure. I mean, therapy and, and just uh, trying to um, work on myself in those ways and trying to read and trying to, um, I do need to meditate. I really do. <laughs> I need to, and it is a practice. You have to yeah. practice it. You can't get good at it but just by wanting to be good at it. You yeah. Know?
0: No, I, it's, it's incredible the second you stop thinking for 5 minutes, 10 minutes, or an hour. I know. You stop thinking. So much stuff comes to you. It's it's an incredible thing. Yeah. Uh yeah. goal back to this the goals. Goals prior to this, you know, pandemic and like post this pandemic, how have they shifted for you? What are you, I know you can't really plan in this time. So, what is that looking like?
1: Well, I can still plan, you know, I I'm I think the years of trying to to be an actress, right? On Broadway and trying to you still have to make goals even though you can't control anything. Yeah. And so it taught me how to make goals in a completely unstable environment. Yeah. So back in the day, I would I would still make goals even though I had no idea if I was going to get a job or where it would be. So I've always been accustomed to that. I'm still making goals. I Okay, well, what what project do I want to do this fall? And how much money do I want to raise by this date for my next project? And I want to go in the studio in a year and make a Christmas album. And I want to... I've I've got a couple symphonic projects on the on the docket that I need to get charts made for and I need to program this and that. And Mm -hmm. I'm just making goals and hanging them in the clouds and then they'll they'll find a landing place at some point.
0: Sure. Sure.
1: You know, I may not have a date and a a dollar sign on them quite yet, but I have, you know, I'm just my touring is on pause, but my heart and my brain are not on pause.
0: Well said. Well said. How have you gotten better at asking? Asking for what you
1: need. Oh, I've gotten so much better at asking. (laughs) I used to be shit at asking. Oh my God, I, the first, so my first two records were on a label. I didn't have to worry about the money or asking for anything, but I learned a lot about different things that I talk about essential and non-essential. Certain things at being at a label, I learned a lot. So when I became an independent artist, my first independent record was called Reckless Abandon. And, (laughs) You know, I, I did some crowdfunding and I was really kind of sheepish about, oh, I, I need more than, than I've crowdfunded for. And I was just so wishy-washy with how to ask for money. I felt embarrassed, I felt uh, nervous, I felt sheepish, I felt coy, mm-hmm. right? And something shifted for me where I just thought to myself, I I know what I'm making is valuable and good. I feel so confident in what I'm making. I have such a great team that I know will be able to fulfill everything that I need. And I just need to say to people, you should really give me some money for this. It would really be in your best (laughs) interest. I just, my mind, my mindset shifted where I just, I, I thought to myself, there are so many people out there making things and asking for money. And there are a lot of people out there with money that, that would that do care about the arts and they want a valuable project to and I just started to feel more pride in making something independently and i just I love being an, apart, an independent artist and i 'm so proud of being an independent artist now yeah. and so when that shifted over i 've gotten a lot better at asking for help and asking for money and 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 saying to people whether it 's a group of fans in an audience or or patrons that, that help support me every month, or whether it's friends or ma- you know managerial staff or anybody, I- and saying, hey, I can't do this without you. And, and making sure people know that they're a part of the journey. That's the key, is making people feel a part of something. Mm. And make sure they know your gratitude. And you can be confident and very grateful at the same time. Like, that's the winning combination, I think.
0: Yeah, yeah how along those lines how have you gotten better at accepting rejection and to keep moving forward even if you receive I've
1: that? always been I've always been a ninja at ninja. that <laughs> Yeah because I've had so much rejection Yeah I've had so much rejection yeah. Yes sometimes I fall on the, I cry and and pout and throw tantrums and and feel sadness and have to and it lasts a mm, couple hours mm-hmm. I mean even even the biggest blows I would, it would only take me down for a day. And then the next day I'd be like, I will show you. Like my 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 <laughs> drive is more powerful than my sadness, yeah. you know? And it's always been that way, you know? It's like I got I mean the rejection goes back so far I can't even, you know, yeah. remember, but you know, I I've lost way more jobs than I've gotten. Yeah. And I've, you know, had way more no's than yeses, And people say that and nobody quite believes it, but it's really true yeah. for most actors. It's the rare, rare Audra McDonald's that are just set on their path when they're 18 and that is, you know, it. and yeah. she's, she's singular amongst us, you sure. know? But, you know, it, it's like when I got dropped from, my, from, the, from Epic Records, you know, I cried. I was sad, I was embarrassed. And then I was like, a couple days later, I was like, okay, what are we gonna do now? I had to make a new plan. Mm. And and so yeah, it's been a huge part of my journey. Yeah. I think it's been maybe more important than than my success has been my rejection.
0: Do you have a favorite failure or a parent failure that set you up for success?
1: Um A parent failure. Oh my gosh, I love that. Um It's going to it's going to be a chapter in my book. Uh Oh, I I mean I mean when I would uh I would get second or third, you know, in high school in like speech or debate or and then I would just be it was the thing that absolutely uh set the the tone for me to go back and win. I mean, giving me second or third or fourth is like I will come back guns blazing. Mm-hmm. I had this like thirst to win really just for myself you know and um and so if i had always been a winner and always gotten everything i wanted then i I wouldn't be where i am because i would never have known how to deal with rejection i mean i was waitlisted at juilliard so i got the taste of the rejection right (laughs) so Even Mm. the things that I want, that I won at, quote unquote, right? Getting a record deal, getting a Broadway show, getting into Julia, that everybody looks at these things as big wins. Mm. Well, I tasted what what it tasted like. I knew what it tasted like to not get them already. I already got rejected by every single label before I got a record deal. Mm. I already got, you know, auditioned for dozens and dozens Mm. and dozens of Broadway shows and didn't get them before I got one. I knew what it felt like when somebody gave me that offer because I had had so many no's before. I already got the letter, the small, you know, the small letter from Juilliard that I knew was a rejection, yeah. uh, maybe, maybe some other year. So when I got in, like, it, it just everything I've ever gotten in my life tasted so much sweeter because I knew what it tasted like to not get it, and I wish everybody could experience that. Mm. I feel bad for people that do not know how to handle (laughs) the rejection because it's devastating if you don't know what that's like
0: yeah yeah that can be particularly troubling if you get everything up to a certain age and then all of a sudden you get a no and you're like well yeah I give up
1: (laughs) well and 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 I think that's why a lot of people just get to New York and they're like this sucks because New York will chew you up and spit you out
0: yeah yeah Uh, do you have any favorite books or most gifted books that you enjoy?
1: I love When Things Fall Apart. Yeah. Um, I love, um, I mean, Catcher in the Rye and To Kill a Mockingbird, sure. and I love the poems of um, uh, Sylvia Plath and Rupi Kaur. And I, love, I love reading poetry. I love Sapiens. The book Sapiens is incredible.
0: I've heard of that. I haven't read that one.
1: I just... It's incredible. I just started, or I'm going to be starting for my vacation week. I'm going to start The Overstory. I'm excited about that. Okay.
0: Very good. Um, metaphor... Big Magic. Big Ooh, Magic big is ma- amazing. Yes. That's a great one. Are you are you reading in the morning, at night? I'm just curious. Is this like a before bed, when you get the chance?
1: When I get the yeah. chance.
0: Okay. Um metaphorically speaking, if you could put a word or a phrase on a billboard for millions of people to see, does anything come to mind?
1: Keep your eyes on your own plate.
0: Yeah.
1: It's just, we're all just so worried about what other people are doing and what other people are achieving and and what other people are eating on in the bounty of their life and that it's bigger and greater than ours, than what we have in front of us. And nine times out of 10, what we have in front of us is,
0: is amazing. And that comes from a realization of gratitude for what you have. You yeah. Know, you're not looking out.
1: It's very difficult. It's, it's something I have to tell myself every day. I'm not, you know, I used to compare and despair every single day. I mean, envy and jealousy and comparison used to eat me alive. Yeah. I mean, for years, for, for the majority of my life and, it just didn't bring me any joy was, and it didn't get, it bring me any closer to my goals.
0: What was that? I know it's not, maybe it could be one particular moment or not, but to get rid of those feelings and to increase that gratitude, is, was there a moment that stands out in time?
1: I mean, a lot of people got fed up with me and, and you know, when people give up on you, and you're forced to, you know, the truth hurts. You know, I started going to therapy. I started to, I lost relationships because of the way I was. Mm. And I just didn't want to be like that anymore. And I also started to come into my own with my career and with my voice. And so I started to feel more confident that what I do is not like anybody else. There are, other, there are lots of great people, but they're not me. And I'm not them. Mm. And when I started to see that, I started to really not I, not compare to anybody else. I still have moments that I fall into my old ways where I say, well, why does she have that? Why does he have that? And and it's just, ugh. Mm. it's a horrible <laughs> whining part of my past that comes into comment on my present. And we all have those moments.
0: Usually when I'm not working on something, <laughs> if I have time to think, the mind just goes. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah, window. you know, it's it's easy to go back into, we all have the most enlightened among us all, you know, it's, it's very hard to bury our past habits entirely, Mm -hmm. but it's a combination of gratitude and also just being very comfortable and confident in who I am. Mm -hmm. And that comes with age, you know, and, and, you know, my, my husband, you know, he doesn't really compare to other people. And when he hears me do it, you know, (laughs) he really calls me and says, you know, it doesn't, you don't know their life. You don't know their what they're doing—it's just comparing to someone else is just useless. Mm-hmm. And it is, you know.
0: Yeah, keep your eyes on your own plate. I really like this. This is a great conversation, Morgan. Thanks. Oh, thank you. Is there anything else before we end here today? Anything you want to add before we wrap up?
1: No, whatever. Whatever it's great. It's your conversation. Fantastic.
0: I'm all the links to every place to listen to you and follow you and read up about you will be in the in the bio of this so thank you for taking this time
1: yes of course thanks for having me ladies
0: and gentlemen boys and girls morgan james you've been listening to entertainment x the podcast you can follow Entertainment X on Instagram at underscore Entertainment X underscore. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join Clay next week for another Curiosity Conversation on Entertainment X. Thank you for listening.